Welcome to the testing room of the Parallax Corporation's Division of Human Engineering. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Ten guns, I want it tomorrow night. I'll be right there with the money, same place where we were before. Because if you ain't, I'll be looking for you and I'll find you too. Welcome to Prime Cut Podcast Shortcuts, a bonus series from Prime Cut Podcast where Joe and I just talk about recent watches, current things on our mind with movies, and Joe's coming back off vacation, so mm. we, uh, we're we ready to get back at it because it's raring, been a little bit of a break. Raring to go, that's right. Today we're going to talk about Sly, the man, the myth, and the uh, recent documentary that's mm-hmm. out on Netflix right now. If you click on Netflix, it'll probably be at the top of your list. If your algorithm's anywhere in the same ballpark as mine, it'll be one of the first tiles that pops up right next to Ed Harris, next to Tom Cruise's The Firm, which just cracks me up. That he's I the love, thumbnail? I love the thumbnail like algorithm shit in Netflix. Yeah. It it's just like kills just me. grab dude. a random screenshot of, of any movie and they put it in the thumbnail. It's weird. No, 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 right? Because it's like they start to do the thing where it's like, let me just put random supporting characters on here and it won't align with what the title card is. Right. It's like Ed Harris's bald head from The Firm. You're like, why am I watching The Firm? And I'm like, all right, that's it. If they change it to Wilford Brimley, I'm watching it again. <laughs> like, that's a sign from God. Like, that's you good. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the Firm is so good, man. The Firm is so good. Just to, I'll start Which could be a whole other short. Head, but I'm like, I love The Firm. I think it's five stars, man. It's five stars. That's another short, Paul. Past the flip shit, but I kind of We're almost Sly, love it. Paul. We're talking huh? Sly. You're keeping me on the beaten path, my I got to pull you back. I'm going to get back, Coach, here. You uh, are. You are. So. Sylvester Gardenzio Stallone. Yeah. So, all right. Are you a Sly guy? Since I was a kid. Yes. Okay. Who's your Sly? When you think of Stallone, for you, what are you like? Oh, it's this. Um. I'll tell you mine right now. I got two. The first one, the first one I ever watched was Over the Top. So that's like, which is crazy, right? Because it was like, I was like five when that movie came out. Mm -hmm. So I think I saw it like before I saw any other slide movie because that's like my gut instinct, but I've watched it the least and I haven't seen it for at least 10 years. What's yours? What's yours? Hold on. Over the Top, it needs a little discussion here. It's troubling, not troubling in a bad way, but like troubling that this was a big movie because there's like big flaws in it. But the over the top I don't even stuff, remember it, man. To be honest, I like with you. it, dude. I do. I remember loving it as a dude, kid. When he's like the first thing. He's like, I turn my hat around and I turn into a machine like this truck, and he's a truck driver. Uh, I'm watching this movie. I saw all the Rocky movies, or all the Rocky movies, all the Rambo movies. So I mean, he's, so and I'm, then we got a number one offs. His one offs are money. Yeah, they are, dude. I'm a sly guy. I think. And I, this is controversial. I might be more of a How many guys guy? do you have? Because I think that's what they can, like, I have a handful of guys, right? Like, yeah. so when I say Sylvester Stallone, it's my guy. He's in this um, pretty elite crew of, I would call them like, a, like just to be honest, action stars from the late 80s and early 90s that I grew up watching with my money lane of movies as a kid. Yes. Which isn't necessarily my favorite movies right now, but definitely the the most nostalgic Oh, type man, of actors yeah. are like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold mm-hmm. um, and guys that I grew up with, like where it was like, Oh, it's Kurt Russell. I'm watching Mel Gibson watching it. I know that's mm-hmm. a problem to say right now, but if Mel Gibson put out a movie, I was going to watch it. 
well, we, back then it wasn't a problem. It became a problem in the last decade. Probably. I know. I'm but, just saying. Right. Yeah. Like right now, it sounds like it. But like, it's just the he's one of those guys. And so the the list isn't big, dude. It's less than five. It's less than a handful. Maybe it's. I mean, the list I'm a big. Out. I'm a Rocky guy, dude. I'm a Rocky guy. Um, controversial take. My favorite Rocky is three. I know everyone loves four. I'm a three guy. Is which is the one where Adrian says when? Three, baby. Yeah, when that's he's my like, I'm afraid. Too. He's on the beach. He's like, I'm, I'm afraid. You want to know? And then he goes to the hospital and mix there. He's like, yes. What are we waiting for? Dude, that's yeah, that's like three is my Mr. Chills just thinking about that. It yes. does it gets me every time. I've seen that movie more than t- 15 times. Seriously, yep. dude. That's when he goes uh, back. I was, also, I was also a Mr. T guy. For sure. Mr. T's incredible in that. That's three is when he's he's beating Apollo in two. He's like riding high. He's heavyweight champ, but he's like kind of like Hollywood Rocky. He's not really himself. Mr. T comes in, beats him, and then he has to like rediscover himself. And he's Through never Carl been tested Weathers like this. And, and he goes back like, with Apollo. Yes. He goes to like South Central to train. Yeah, yeah that's right. He goes to California. Um, I mean, the, the, the beach scene where they're like running on the beach. There's no, I, I like there. it. It's good. I, it's, I know it's bad. I know it's, it's not bad. It's not it bad. is kind of bad, dude. It's funny, but it's, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. If you look at it in the context of the film, it's like these are once adversaries. Carl Malone or Carl Weathers has reached out. They're building this bond. They're training together. They're reaching this pinnacle together. It, I mean, come on. Come on. And did he write too as well? Yeah. He wrote it. So, yeah. And that's, I'm glad you said right because. I think everyone is pretty aware of Stallone as Rocky and Rambo and that he wrote Rocky one specifically because he wanted to be in it. That was kind of my understanding of, of his career. This documentary it's on Netflix. It's almost entirely. He, he is the interviewed subject for 90% of the movie. There's other, you know, luminaries and his brother, his Frank Stallone is in it, but Tarantino, Talia Shire, there's people that Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it. There are definitely people that are in this documentary, but I came away from this doc thinking, man, I always liked Sly, even though I knew he was kind of problematic as like a little bit of a diva at times, but I didn't know anything about his childhood, which was incredibly hard. Um, I didn't know anything about the fact that not only did he want to be in Rocky, but he was basically uncastable before it. He, he could get no roles. He was doing nothing. He could get nothing. And the only way he could get it was by writing Rocky and saying, sticking to his guns and saying, I have to be in this. Because it and became this, a really hot script. And it's a famous yeah. story that he turned down significant money because he said, no, I have to be in it. And the studio was like, no. And it took longer. And it was mm-hmm. a big risk. And it go, the, the, the doc hits on all that stuff, too, which is kind of well-trotted like history. But Dude, that, that was, was super specific. Yeah, there were specific things in this about like his dad mm-hmm. and him and how messed up that relationship was. And then I think Frank is a little bit of a kind of a out there guy, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, I don't like not like the guy, but like, I feel like a ton of every time I see him, I'm like, it's Sly's it's brother. Frank, like, oh, and he's got Sloan. a chip on his block or a chip on his shoulder a little bit because yes. of how good Sly was because they were both trying to do the same thing, basically. Right. Um. But he's there to corroborate this shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, like I don't think there's. He's. I think. Like I think the thing that we both took away from this was he came across really genuine. Yes. And honest about his mistakes, and it's one of those things too where you're like, Chuck Norris being aware of the Chuck Norris joke, 
and you're right. like, does he get it? And like, of course he does. And like, of course Sly gets it. Like he's a smart guy. This is a guy that was, I think gets, gets put in this like rock, like playing kind of dumb kind of thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's a super intelligent, self-aware guy, mm-hmm. almost to a fault. I think, especially after you listen to this doc, like he's, he's a tortured guy. Yeah. He, he, stuff that bothers him. Like, and yeah, that's what drives that, him too. I also liked Paul that that wasn't his, that didn't feel like to me that that was his public persona. Like some of this stuff was the first time and I've watched all of Stallone's movies, but this was the first time that I was like, wow, his relationship, his, his tortured and violent and complicated relationship with his father is the through line through all of these characters and makes things the way they are. I didn't know that he never volunteered it which I respect. And that's why it makes it so so much more interesting in this documentary, because he is super forthright about life is passing me by. That's how I feel. Even though I've done things that most people would consider great. I didn't value my family like I should have. You know, did I make the wrong decisions on some of these films? Absolutely. Was I, was I, you know, did success poison what i was thinking about for how i was going to write and what my public persona was going to be yes i just was i came away from this being way more impressed with him than i was before and i like stallone a lot i mean dude rocky and rambo the first one first blood first blood is probably a top 25 movie for me i think it's incredible we are definitely doing it and i think rocky is still like unbelievable great stuff and I, I liked him more. My esteem has grown for him after this documentary. Yeah, I mean, if you think about some of the stories that he tells you, like obviously the the Mick character, the trainer in Rocky is a father figure for, for Rocky. And that's pretty obvious. But then when you're in the dock and he's talking about his relationship with his father and then he's talking about the specific scene with Mick when Mick had already written him off, wouldn't even pay attention to him at the gym, like was really an asshole. Like yep. this is Rocky one. Bad, yeah. Bad to Rocky. Bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad to Rocky. And Rocky remembered it. And he was like, you left me. You called me a bum. You said you didn't even want me to show up. You gave my fucking locker away. Like he's, I'm, I'm, you know, there's no F-bombs. But, um, you know, and then he talks about like that scene where he's like losing his shit. And he's yelling mm-hmm. and Mick walks out and you're like, Man, the the vision that this guy had and the discipline to understand that he could execute this role and how personal he wrote it yep. as close to his own relationship. And then he talks about, then I go outside after he's vented and yelled and said, you turned me down. Like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. I never want to see you again. And then immediately regrets it and goes outside and puts his arm around him. And he's like, "That's there's a lot of that with me and my dad. And you're Super like, wow. Brilliant. Yeah. And because there's also these like very vivid like press conferences connected to shit that went on between him and his dad that takes you back to the moment while he's talking about it. It's a good doc, man. It's good. It's, it's a very poppy and it moves quick, yep. but like, I thought it was well done. Well cut. It didn't lag at all. And this stuff was like, it, it drove something. I feel like I, yeah, I understand him better now. It, it, that's a great way to put it. I understand him better. And it's, it's like 90 minutes. I think it's, it, it really focuses on Rocky. It focuses on Rambo and it focuses on his, childhood his relationship with his father and also his other mis- the mistakes that he made as a star films that he took took on that were not good i mean they don't talk about you know demolition man they don't talk about um 
what else do they not talk about? Any kind of like the '90s stuff? They kind of gloss over some of his standalone action they stuff. They don't hit Judge Dread like. hard. They don't hit <laughs> right Judge Dread. Even but, though it's good. I mean, it's interesting because another thing that I didn't really realize is that the final monologue in First Blood, which we're going to talk about when we do that film, because we will. Well, okay, I mean, it's in the intro. It's in the intro. Well, Part of the monologue is in the right. intro for our podcast. That's how yep. much it's a. It's a big one for us. It's a foundational it's, movie. It's a foundational movie for action movies, obviously in the eighties, but mm-hmm. then also it's a standalone drama. Yep. Um, and a five star movie. It so. really is. And that monologue, he wrote that. You know, First Blood is based on a novel. There was a screenplay already, and he was like, "There needs to be more." He, I, I he think is he is a smart, conscientious guy. Yeah, he, he really cared is. about the vets, and I like buy it. Yep. I don't think there's fakeness to it. And I like no. trying to sniff it out because I'm a pretty cynical dude when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, oh, a Hollywood guy saying this. Yeah. Uh huh. But like, I, I like buy it. Mm-hmm. He, I like he this feels guy. Genuine. I really liked him more from this, this film. I really did. And it, I'm, I'm going to go back and revisit some of the stuff. There was a lot about the process of putting Rocky on pen to paper and putting it on screen that I was really impressed with. There was stuff that happens in that movie that was like just b- almost bad luck that ended up being some of the most moving portions. Like, okay, the one part that I, that really sticks out to me and I talked to you about this already, but I'm going to bring it up here. The scene, the early scene when he is kind of courting Adrian Rocky and Rocky one, he's like, Hey, let me take effort. You know, we'll get some ice cream. We'll go out for a date or whatever. They go to an ice skating rink and the rink, the ice skating rink is completely empty and it's just Adrian and Rocky and Adrian has skates on and Rocky's like kind of running alongside her in his street shoes. That scene was supposed to be full of extras, but for some reason, the skating rink pulled out and was like, Hey, we don't want to have anybody else in the, you, you can't have the extras here. That's too many people. It's just can be, can just be a few people. And they were like, this is going to be a disaster. And that ends up being one of the most best illustrations of like their relationship early on because it's him and he's bringing her there because she's never, she wants to ice skate. It's just, I thought I was like, Oh my gosh, this should have been terrible. And it ends up being super memorable and really a great piece of this movie and stuff like that happened throughout Rocky that he was able to kind of adapt to. And it makes, it made that film so much more rich than it actually could have been, which is so mind blowing to me. I thought that was unbelievable. And there's so much of himself in the character and there's so much passion in his performance. It was just, a very smart decision for him to tactically know like from a career perspective that he could do, execute on this. Yeah. And I'm just looking at his filmography and I think it, it's almost he, and he's pretty acknowledged. I think he acknowledges that, you know, Cobra may have had some, some, e- there may have been some ego issues there, you know? And I think like it, it, people, I think discredit him as an actor a little bit because of like, the all basically all the Rambo sequels, and then you get to like Rocky Five, and then he's trying to do com Oscars horrible, trying to be funny and Tango and Cash is problematic. He tries to take some like interesting turns from a genre perspective, and he kind of missed. And I think he's like overly punished for that because then I watch Copland, and I'm like, he should have won an Oscar for that easily. Movie. That movie is great. It's a yeah, great absolutely. cast, great story. He's great in it. That's that movie's that movie's called Prime Cut Presents Copland. <laughs> it, a yes. Prime Cut production. That's right. Yeah. It's so, so good. The jump in that. It's alone. Make He's it a four so star. So good movie. in that. 
Yeah. Plus the rest of it makes it better. I mean, um, Ray Liotta, De Niro. It's a, right. Harvey I mean, Keitel. it's basically uh, Mangold got Scorsese's guys to come yep. do a movie with him. Yep. But He's I mean, awesome he can actually, my point is this guy can act. Mm-hmm. And he took a lot of, he, he, he towed the line of being a popcorn guy, making money, and really having some art to like the pop aspect of it. Like, what's my persona here? Like, how can I leverage my character in different roles? And mm-hmm. I, I thought art with a lot of this stuff, but he had some misses. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I thought was interesting is one there was a there's a uh, Wesley Morris who's a critic for the New York Times, is a film critic. Um, really, I really like his work a lot. He said, you know, Stallone at at times would interject himself in like the direction of a film or the the screenplay of a film. And maybe it was unwanted from the studio or from the director, but he also knew what worked for what people wanted to see him do. So he would come to a film and be like, hey, okay, this isn't in the screenplay, but I know what works and what is expected of me as a Hollywood persona, so we should do this. And a a lot of times when he did that, it paid off, which I thought was interesting. He's just, you know what, man? He could have been super defensive. He could have shied away from, because I think he's an executive producer on this, just like Schwarzenegger was on his uh, Netflix doc, Arnold, just like Michael Jordan was on um, on The Last Dance. So he probably had some creative control, and I'm sure maybe there were things that he put on the cutting floor purposely, but he doesn't shy away from stuff that he could have. He talks peripherally about his his wife and children now and about how he's trying to, maximize that relationship because he didn't when they were younger because he was working i just he's not defensive he's extremely forthright very open and it made me like him more and if you like his movies i think this is a great hour and a half to spend with this guy and it it gives you a little bit of insight into what his brain is like what his trauma has led him to i mean this guy's you want to talk about self-made this is not a guy who should have had this career path he made this career path he forged. He was. He yes. forged his forged. way forward. That's right. Like he he plowed through, and I, I think it, it's like a really great of um, a guy that was is is smarter than he gets credit for, yep. and is somebody that I just have a genuine amount of respect for. These guys and these, or just people in general, aging gracefully. A part of that includes being introspective. Yeah. And I find this to be genuine. I don't know the angle if it's not because right. it's not something to be proud of. No, he's airing. I don't want to say airing dirty laundry because that makes it sound less genuine than it is. Because just it's like it's just straightforward, and they have the clips and they're cutting back to it. And it, yep. it just—I thought it added a level of power that made a really good doc. Just reminded me how much I love the guy. Yeah, same. It, it makes me want to watch more Stallone movies. It's on Netflix. I mean, Paul. Last thing, that clip that you see, that motivational clip that's all over social media from Rocky Balboa, where he's like talking to his son, he's like, life isn't about how hard you can hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving. It gets me. It's everywhere. But he wrote that. That wasn't some screenwriter. That was Sly wrote that. And it's 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 still... It's like him talking to his audience members, to his fans, while he's talking to his kid. Because that's that's been his life. Pretty cool. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Check Sly. It out. 90 minutes. If you if you've seen one Stallone movie that you enjoyed, Rambo 1, Rambo 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, you will like this. 
Plus, it, you can see one of the swollest seventy-year-olds in the history. He looks of the great. World. He looks got amazing. the salt and pepper beard, salt and pepper hair. He's eating, he's looking good. He looking, he looks solid. Sly, come on the pod. Up. Hey, before Sly, you come before on the pod. drop, yeah, come on the pod, Sly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember to scroll down on your favorite podcast app. Hit the hit the like, hit the share button. Um, you can hit us up with. We've got a couple movie recommendations, and we're going to cover them. They're in the queue. We're not going to give them away right now, but we have our first one in that we're going to be hitting soon, and we have another one that we're going to slate coming up. So, um, give us an email at primecutpodcast at gmail if you have any movie recs or ideas for conversations. We want to have that interaction, so let us know. Follow, like, subscribe.